What's up, everyone? 7 October's here with my co-host, Melly. What up, everyone? And today is another episode of The Heartful Truth. Uh, it's episode four, season four, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. It, like, it's going by so fast. And mm-hmm. in the background, you'll, you'll hear a little canary. Is it canary, right? <laughs> um, in the background. But we're here, actually, today. Um, and thanks to uh, Luz Maria, we have her here uh, as a guest today. She goes by Arte de Luz, for those that might know her. Um, she's an artist, a creative, a wife, a mother, and a full-time student now. And so um, let me bring her on the screen and then I'll pass it on to my co-host, Melly here. But hey, Luz, how you doing? Hi, guys. I'm doing good. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank no, you for being here. Yeah, and thank you for having us at your, in your yes. home, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, if you want to like, kind of start it off, because we were talking about how you came across her and how, yeah, how you wanted so her to be on the show. I remember I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw this post that you had done. Um, I think it was like a po- like a spoken word with your art. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about um, you being a chillona. <laughs> and I, I related to that so much that it like, touched me. So I told my sister, because we obviously do the podcast, and I was like, oh, we, like, you know, I saw this art piece that our, um, Luz did, and like, it's so, it's beautiful. And so then we decided with the topic to talk about emotions, because uh-huh. I feel like it's a very important topic, and not a lot of people talk about that. So I feel like um, to start off that um, topic, um, can you tell us a little bit of how your childhood or upbringing was like? Yes, first of all, thank you for mentioning that. When I put that out there, I was a little concerned of losing people. <laughs> As I mentioned, like, you know, lose people and people come and go in, in and out of my life. And um, <laughs> so you asked me a question and I already got sidetracked. Oops, let me find that one again. How was your um, childhood or your upbringing like? Well, overall, I would say it was pretty, pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. I'm one of seven. I have one brother and five sisters. And sorry, I'm not crying yet. This is from my fan. <laughs> it's, it's hot in here. Yes. Yeah. It's, so um, overall, it was pretty cool. We we were growing up. We were very low. We were always considered low income, but I yeah. didn't know it at the time because yeah. uh, what my mom would do is at the end of the month when the money would run out, you know how they say there's more month than money. That was us. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize it until I got older as a teenager when you want all the cool yeah. clothes. But throughout my childhood, as the younger years, uh-huh. I enjoyed the end of the month because that's when we had to bust out the arena. <laughs> and my mom would make homemade tortillas and the butter and, and beans and, you know, the stuff that you can buy in bulk. And it was yeah. sustainable because it wouldn't go bad. Mm-hmm. So those were kind of cool times. And then my mom was always so good about taking us. We live in San Diego. So we would go to field trips. She would take us to Barua Park, yeah. Old Town, Seaport Village. So we have these memories of her just, you know, she would just come out of her room and say, you know what, it'd be summer break and we're all melted on the couch board watching <laughs> the same reruns. And she would be like, let's go. We're going to go to an adventure. And then we would just oh, follow her lead. Yeah. There was a little bit of a, uh, how would I say, a snag. And I think it impacted my life severely as far as my emotions and being jacked up i didn't know until i went into therapy mm-hmm. that um i had some some, some major um what is it called separation anxiety mm, abandonment issues yeah. and it, it came up because my parents split up when i was about four years old mm-hmm. and they were trying to figure out how they were going to work it out with the kiddos yeah and my dad we ended up going with my dad which was really weird yeah but my mom explained it to me and she's, she's this very proud, like, you know, mujer fuerte. Sí. And my dad said, uh, well, let me take my boy, because there was only one son, and my oldest daughter, Linducha. 
which is my sister Linda. She's like my best friend. And uh, my mom said, Te llevas a todos o a nadie? So I was like, uh -oh. what? Mom, how yeah. could you do that? You know, she's telling me this story because we have such a good relationship. Yeah. We're good. We're very close. Mm -hmm. So when she's telling me this, I'm like, you know, you're telling your daughter this. <laughs> <laughs> and um, took many years of therapy for me to come to grips with. She was very young. She was before she was 30. She already had seven kids. Oh, wow. So you could just imagine. Yeah. And the pressure. And so my dad took her up on that and he took all of us. Mm -hmm. The five of us are, were his. And my mom stayed with my, uh, my oldest sister, who's from her first marriage. So that was a really like hard blow. Yeah. And I took it so personal. Like, what's wrong? Oh, here I go. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's wrong with me? You know? Yeah. Why can't I go with my mom? And what was her like her reasoning? You think because she, she had like it was too much for her? You think or or at I the think time it was she... the pride. Like she was so young. Yeah, and I didn't think <laughs> she shared with me. She didn't think my dad would take her up on that. To be honest. Yeah. And um, I guess she was coming from a place of well, we're both the parents, so like okay, handle your business yeah. kind of thing. But then yeah. wait, there's other little people That's involved. True. Yeah. Did you guys still see each other, or was it like you totally like? <laughs> you know what? It's so dramatic because it was only my mom <laughs> explains that it was like probably a couple weeks. To uh -huh. I felt like it was a lifetime. Yeah, but still, I think I'm pretty sure it's tough as a child because mm -hmm. you're so used to being with both parents, right? At and like you said, you start thinking like, is it me? Because yeah. you're, it's like you're s simple minded a little bit when you're a kid. So it's like, yeah. is it me that you don't want me? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That rejection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that followed me to this day. Like it's something I'm working on. Yeah. yeah. Understanding. But my dad was also not in a position to uh, babysit us or I can't even say babysit were his kids yeah. yeah to watch us so he basically dumped us in Tijuana with his oh. dad and his yeah. stepmom may she rest in peace my step grandma just passed away oh, rest in peace yeah, to her rest in peace. thank you it was just a confusing thing for me mm -hmm. because that part of my family to me I saw them as um where I got dumped like mm -hmm. this is oh, your punishment <laughs> yeah and I didn't understand it at the time I'm so grateful for my sister Linda because she she's only a year older, but she's way beyond her years, very mm -hmm. mature. So she's been able to explain it to me. Yeah. For the longest, I thought they were torturing us because, look, check it out. Here's a few examples. Um, imagine you're just four years old. <laughs> my three of my siblings below me are still in pañales, the twins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my bro. And then it's Linda, the oldest. And she's just this social butterfly. She doesn't care. You can leave her anywhere. She's happy. <laughs> so, and then there's me that was so attached to my mom. Yeah. And my big sister, too. I always looked up to her. And so they dump us over here in Tijuana. And uh, that family, our that side of our family is also really poor. Mm -hmm. They don't have running water. Uh -huh. And their house, I used to call it the Dr. Sue's house. <laughs> because it's like in a little hill and then the salas one building then you go down some oh, yantas stairs yeah oh, wow. yeah they were very creative and then there was another building that was a bedroom and then mm -hmm. a, a room for where we could take baths or showers mm -hmm. buckets of water <laughs> so that's part of the in my little imagination i thought was the torture because no, yeah. you're like why are you doing oh, this to yeah. me well they didn't have running water now i understand mm -hmm. yeah and then they would make a big olla of caldo or whatever mm -hmm. and my grandpa he liked his chile so we're eating the same caldo that the whole family's <laughs> eating and i'm four years old so i'm oh, thinking wow. we're being tortured here yeah. yeah so when my sister explained she's all look they had about seven or eight kids of their own 
still in the oh, home. Wow. Here comes my dad with five of his. And they need to take care of us. So yeah, that I can understand it now as an adult, as a mother. Yeah. The stress. If somebody dropped off five kids at my doorstep, yeah, you know? That's a lot. That's crazy. And how um when did you start having those conversations with your with your mom or like about like like now as an adult, like of what happened or or did it happen in your adolescence or when did that happen when you guys got kinda got closure, I guess, and what happened? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's been closure. These yeah. tears are just from the memory, but yeah, me and my mom are super tight. Yeah. I remember seeing her at your shop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she would manage that shop. I think God put us there for my mom. Like mm, that shop yeah. was her shop. Yeah. Um, but we have we've had a chance to talk about it. So um, when I like I mentioned, it's impacted my life throughout. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so little did I know it was affecting my jobs, my mm. friendships. To yeah. this day, like you know, I'm always like with my marriage if my husband doesn't say goodbye to me i'm like how come he didn't say bye he's just going to the store and i'm like you're leaving me <laughs> so um, i have through therapy realized that so um i was working at, we just mentioned talked about it earlier i was working at an insurance company oh yeah and i had to take a medical leave of absence because i was experiencing a lot of anxiety and i thought it was due to my job mm -hmm. and uh, i was so good at my job <laughs> but i couldn't handle it mentally so i was forced to take a leave and then there was some type of work back to work therapy mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. there was all kinds of people from all walks of life police chiefs you name it moms wow. you know all kinds of people um people are about to retire just wanting to save that last month of their job position so they can get their retirement so i was in that group and it was called like back to work or something but in there you would get these one-on-one -on -one sessions and that's when the work started for me mm -hmm. with the therapy they started going back into your childhood. And as soon as I discussed that, I was like bawling. I didn't know where all these tears yeah. were coming from. I was like, what the heck? Like it hit me like a ton of breaks, like mm -hmm. kind of like this discussion we're having today. Like, oh yeah, yeah. it was great. Mm -hmm. And then this happened. Oh shoot. Yeah. Man, I was it, like, it takes you back to that place, right? Kind of yeah. like, or even you repress or, certain repre things. Oh, that too. Yeah. And they surface <laughs> yeah. that you didn't know you had there hidden true and i i mean i would have nightmares for years after and it really did a number on me and i'm sure it did something to my siblings that we all handle it in our own way yeah, yeah. but um <laughs> i i always i always get sidetracked so one of your questions was when did i realize so it was the therapy and that kind of opened pandora's box yeah i would go i would return to my workplace mm -hmm. and lose a job same thing the anxiety panic attacks yeah and i would find myself being forced to take a leave of absence then i would go to therapy and so every time this happened i got just a little bit closer to understanding it better yeah. to where I, where i am today where i'm like you know what my grandparents were poor too my mom was mm -hmm. young like my mom loves me obviously it was only like she's mentioned it's a, a couple of weeks span when she realized that my dad um left us there that he didn't take us mm -hmm. home oh wow she was like, oh, shoot, I better go get my kids. So yeah. her and my tia came to the rescue and, and brought us home. And yeah, we were definitely not. Well, like we came back, tore up from the floor up and they had to like clean us up and everything. And yeah. I now nah, I don't hold it against my it's my Riva side of my family, my dad's yeah. side. Yeah, I can't hold it against them, but it's it's definitely put a wedge right. I don't feel that connection or that need to want to get close to them or. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like what we talked about, like how i think through our growth journey we learn to forgive our parents um even though sometimes like because they didn't have a manual right to like 
I guess, be parents. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we have to, even though it's hard, sometimes some of the things you look back to your childhood and you're like, oh, they did this and this. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I guess we, for ourselves, for our own sake, I think it's good to, I guess, try to forgive forgive. our best. It's hard though sometimes. It is. Yeah, because I think that's like the healing journey. It's like, Mm -hmm. because you have to, because if not, you're always going to have a victim mentality kind of, so like i feel like certain people have like that victim mentality and they blame everybody and yeah you can blame your parents and stuff but at what point are you gonna like take the initiative and say like okay i need to forgive them that way i can heal right because right. if not then you're always gonna be stuck there like always hating them and having all this resentment when you can just because all that weighs on you i'm pretty yeah. sure it weighed on you until you like had that conversation with your mom and it was like okay i feel a little bit better yeah because i think yeah. it affected me I was married at a young age mm-hmm. to a previous marriage. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, you know, we were in love. I was 19. Yeah. He was in the Marines, all this uh-huh. stuff. And then when it didn't work out and he left, mm-hmm. like he legitimately just like, there was some red flags and yeah. he, he would say, one day you're going to wake up. I'm going to be gone. I'm like, haha, very funny. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he did it. <laughs> I no, came home no. from work to find there there was two closets in our little apartment his mm-hmm. closet was empty and all that was it's like a scene in a movie mm-hmm. all that was left was a belt and it was swinging in the clo- oh like God. empty oh. closet and yeah oh, that gave me chills I don't yeah, know. it was like it was so, yeah. it was like imagine a telenovela mm-hmm. like i collapsed to the floor <laughs> and i started crying and i was like so brokenhearted and i fell into this depression and then now that i've had treatment and things like that mm-hmm. i've been able to kind of talk about it and understand it I'm, i wasn't even crying for that fool it was the whole abandonment yeah, thing that's what i was gonna <laughs> say yeah it traces back because it's like you were like reliving re- reliving that moment yeah, again. That's yeah, what it, but i didn't know yeah mm-hmm. so could you imagine i could have taken that um i i, I had um uh, that was my first my encounter with a, a suicide attempt because mm-hmm. when he left yeah i was trying to patch things up he came back for some stuff mm-hmm. i was like don't leave yeah. if you leave why why am i here so dramatic too uh-huh. you know yeah but in my head it was making sense and yeah it sent me into that place where i was just like well why am i here if i don't matter and at 46 years old I, this happened a couple weeks ago i just realized it i was like oh shoot i know what my problem is so we've been i shared this with gabby that i've been um getting closer to god you yeah. know doing bible studies yeah and trying to understand that side of things and the pastor suggested okay we're gonna pray for anything that's negative in your life any mm-hmm. bad things bad spirits it's like yeah mm-hmm. you know from the other realm i'm like okay i'm ready let's do this <laughs> <laughs> heavy duty work yeah. you know <laughs> Plus, I see a therapist once a week. So God yeah. is working in my life from all angles. Yeah. And he said, try to, when you're praying for these things to leave your life, try to think about when it came into your life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my husband and I went to school so I can pick up my books mm-hmm. for this semester. And he ran into a friend of his who turns out he's a professor there now. It's so cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. But I didn't get introduced. Yeah. So imagine this. My husband is like, his friends are like, hey, que onda, Wally, right? And my husband Wally's like, uh, trying to figure out his name too. And my husband's, he's got some issues right now going on himself with mm-hmm. some anxiety and PTSD. So mm-hmm. his brain is so haywire. He's just trying to figure out who's this gentleman's name. Mm-hmm. No offense to the guy if he's hearing <laughs> this, but um, they grew up in the same neighborhood. So he's like, dang, who's this guy? And in the meantime, 
this is going on in front of me like yeah. hello your wife uh-huh. is right here so you're gonna <laughs> introduce us and so i started feeling again like i'm not relevant mm. i don't matter and we had a nice little talk about it i was you know yeah. <laughs> i had to wait a little bit because we had to go get my yeah. book but afterwards i was like man that's messed up you don't introduce me what's up with that maybe if i was prettier maybe if i was you know somebody else more important and he's like man how can i make this better i'm sorry i didn't introduce you mm-hmm. obviously at some point yeah. i did introduce myself i was mm-hmm. like hi i'm loose yeah. wally's yeah. wife by the way yeah. <laughs> but um i took it really 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 um personal and so as we're running around town doing some errands i'm driving mm-hmm. and i'm so kind of hurt by this thing and he's like man i'm sorry i don't know how to fix this and then i started talking about it and i told him you know what it is it's just that i just feel irrelevant i said i feel like i'm getting left behind Mm -hmm. and then that's when the spiritual stuff started happening in my heart and i just started pouring out the emotions like not those kind of tears that we're seeing now it's like from way deeper like from your soul And I was like, that's what it is. That's my problem. It's not even that he didn't introduce me to this fellow. Mm-hmm. I probably never see him again. No. Yeah. yeah. It's that I felt like I was getting left behind again. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that deep rooted, right? And from like. Yeah, eight. and it's still like, because that one, that is yeah, tough, especially is. four years old. Like that stuff yeah. from like, and you're, you say you're 46? Yeah, I'm 46. Yeah, now. so it's like, that's a, <laughs> that's a and like, and you're barely like, because when did you start therapy? Like a couple years ago or I've been more? I've therapy, guys, since, since that incident. So in my early 20s. Uh-huh. But it's all been in little gaps. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. In between jobs. So it's, an and on, stuff. it's still an it's ongoing, ongoing process. healing process. Because yeah. that's a lot. It is. To like have that as a kid. I mean, especially we, all those ears. So you're trying to kind of heal all those ears that I guess you, right? So, right? Little, like, like, little patches. Yeah, you're trying, you're getting, because I'm, and she, we were talking about like, because I have never done therapy, but like, I, this year is like my goal. It's like mm-hmm. by the end of the year, I want to uh, find a therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because for sure, like, we have more like trust issues. Hard, yeah. So stuff like that. <laughs> and that's affected for sure my relationship with with other like relationships with people yeah. mm-hmm. um not with friends and also like uh significant others but for you the attachment was for Atta- grandma right attachment with my grandma because so when my parents um they're still together obviously but they would work a lot during the our younger years mm-hmm. so our grandparents would pretty much races they would take us to school they mm-hmm. would be there so my grandma was kind of like the I guess I would hold on to her like Aww. for everything. So like I think your mother, I, yeah. Figure. So I think my attachment and kind of form for me to have social anxiety. And she I would go, go. she would go to the school and she'd stay there. Yes. My grandma. So she didn't make it any easier mm-hmm. either. The teachers had to tell her, "Hey, you need to start letting her kind of be on her own because if not, it's gonna." She was through the gate. Issues. Yeah. <laughs> what did you call your grandma? Just curious. Like, um, what was ab- your... abuelita. Yeah. abuelita yeah yeah oh, gordis gordis oh, yeah that too yeah. Oh, qué lindo. yeah but yeah so like i think it's it's crazy how like and then it forms into like the current relationship that i'm in now like without noticing i start i'm starting to do that work that i realized that i was like getting to it like you become too attached and it's like you become dependent yeah. so i'm learning thankfully he's kind of taught me that like you need healthy spaces okay mm-hmm. but it's hard it's like a little bit of like kind of like oh, okay like if you don't text me at this time i'll be okay like <laughs> you know fine. yeah yes. i'll be alive <laughs> that's but that's it's good yeah. that you're real do you have you had therapy too or i you- so i went for like literally i guess i can say one session, session and yeah. then i didn't go back uh-huh. but that one session i tell my sister that it changed me like 
360. So I, I'm sure that if I kept going, it would have been even more. So tech, I would want to go back to. But yeah, because that it was in a very low moment in my life when I went. A lot of things were going on with like my parents, um, like I had a uh, relationship as well. And then um, my I lost a, a good friend of mine, my grandma passing. So it was a bunch it's of a stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think I just when I went with um, this therapist, I feel like I let out everything because you know how like they don't know everything about you. So True. just I think I just let everything Vomited out. Everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> and then after that, I was like, it taught me a lot of things though. that one session. Wow. And I took everything that she showed me. But obviously, I would want to go back and see. It's heavy duty work yeah. because you know what I call therapy? Um, I call it the emotional gym mm. because yeah. <laughs> on my last uh, set before the before this, before I started being an artist and all that stuff, mm -hmm. um, I was going through a lot of highs and lows. Yeah, and I've, I've been diagnosed with manic depression, anxiety. A manic depression is basically bipolar. Mm -hmm. When I found that out, I was like, I'm bipolar. I thought I was manic depressive. That is the same thing. They just changed the name. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, what's wrong with being bipolar? I took it. So I thought it was really bad. Yeah. But um, so like in 2014, 2015. So my dad uh, passed away. He did pass away here in our home. Uh, rest in peace you're done thank yeah. you yeah it was very that was a that's a whole different that's a whole nother story because you could mm -hmm. picture this he didn't raise us mm -hmm. and um god led us to have him here in our home and he passed yeah. away here yeah. and um the miracle of life and the miracle of death are no joke it was a beautiful yeah. passing <laughs> if i could share with you guys it's it was beautiful so my husband and i we were kind of um resisting doing this mm -hmm. we were having a family meeting when my dad was ill yeah and before they even the meeting started with my siblings we knew we had a spare room at the time my kids were still little they didn't they share a room mm -hmm. we knew we had a spare room and i was a stay-at-home mom so it's like could i do this mm -hmm. and we looked at each other and we were we didn't have to say it we're like we're taking dad <laughs> yeah and so my pa um spent his last 30 days here the yeah. caseworkers told us, because uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to apply to be his uh, caseworker yeah. so I can help with the bills and be with my dad. Mm -hmm. And the lady looked at me. She's like, oh, honey. I was like, yeah. She said, it takes about two to three weeks. I'm on no rush. It's okay. I mean, I'm, I'm home now. And yeah. she's like, no, you don't get it. He's not going to make it. He's going to make it past 30 days. And I was like, and my dad was so stubborn, you guys. He made it for 31 days. Oh, my God. <laughs> and when he passed i was there with him um he's he went in his sleep oh, and yeah. my husband i went to wake my husband it was like 4 a.m i was like i think my dad's gone they started starting to freak out and my husband's all calm down let me check yeah. he checked his pulse and he was gone and he opened the window and he said i've heard that you have to wish them farewell so they can mm -hmm. leave freely and so he said adios ernesto vayste con dios and it started pouring rain <laughs> it's like a poem oh, wow. it started pouring rain and the, um before the rain there was this little bird that perched on this sign oh. that's right outside the window mm -hmm. 
And the little bird looked up at us and flew away. Oh, like we were talking about signs. Yeah. <laughs> and, and actually, right now, you just yeah. reminded me of like, so I think, I don't know if it was like the universe too. So my grandma, the way she passed, mm-hmm. um, and same thing, we were able to be there for her, her oh, last moments. moments. Yeah. But with her, we were actually at a con- at the Eminem and Rihanna concert in Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. I always remember that because it was like that weekend. Mm-hmm. It was in Pasadena, but we mm-hmm. stayed at my sister's house. Cause we told you my twin sister used to live in Ventura. Mm-hmm. And uh, we stayed up there. And then from there, we drove to Pasadena. Mm-hmm. And on the way back the next day, my mom got a call. Like she had missed a call from the doctor, I think that the night before, the day before, right? Yeah. And she's like, Oh, like we're calling from your for your mom. Like she's in the hospital. Like she, I think she had like it was kinda like a stroke minor or like aneurysm stroke. or minor yeah, stroke. because like um, it, it hits part of her brain. It was it affected her personality. Cause she was like super funny oh, and cheerful. Mm-hmm. And when we got there, yeah. she was like first she didn't really recognize us, and then she also como que her personality was gone. Like she was just yeah. really stoic. Mm-hmm. Not the same. Um person. yeah, and so uh, we kinda got lucky that I was like, Oh my god. I'm glad that she just didn't die like instantly because so the way it happened the story, I don't even know we shared it with Noah on the episode but mm-hmm. so it's pretty interesting so and she was really like Catholic and really mm-hmm. like into religion she had a bunch of faith um and she lived like at the Sagrado Corazon, I don't know, like at City Heights, Sagrado yeah. Corazon. So right behind, there's oh, like the apartments okay, yeah. for the elderly oh, every day. So she lived there, and <laughs> nice. like literally was her like her favorite thing because like my my grandpa would call her cucaracha because she was like always at the church. <laughs> and so she would wake up every morning. She didn't even work there or anything because obviously she was retired. But she would like clean the candles for like yeah, La Virgen de Guadalupe and all that stuff. Like she would just be the the cleaner of the church. Mm-hmm. And so that's what she called he called her cucaracha. But um, <laughs> that day, the day I think the day of the concert, right? I think because we were we came back the next day to Cindy. Yes, so I think the day of the concert was like August something 12th or something mm-hmm. um the my grandpa went to church like they always do and he always would sit like in the just like the pew mm-hmm. and then while she went to go do her thing and cleaning the candles and she always like uh she was like a Guadalupana right yeah so she she always cleaned around like La Virgen de Guadalupe yeah. there in the church de Sagrado Corazon and that day my grandpa was like she she was taking forever to come back because usually she would do that and then yeah, she would come I and grab it she was taking i think it was during church to they were taking la hostia oh, yeah. uh-huh. and she never she would go and clean so she uh-huh. took a while to come back, back. and my grandpa was like getting Wh- worried like, like where's where where she, she at so then he was like yeah. let me go check and está por la virgen maria because usually uh-huh. like uh, she's usually there uh-huh. so he walked and Somebody she was virgen del carmen wasn't it i don't remember no the the virgen del carmen, oh, but yes, right. that, is that virgen yeah so yeah mm-hmm. she was like he just saw her kind of like leaning mm-hmm. on the wall Oh, no. and uh and she wasn't responding yeah and so he was like oh she, so he was scared but i don't know how he did it like we said he's 102 right now but how he did it but he like i don't know if he dragged her because yeah. he dragged her all the way to the apartment and oh, he he took her all the way they were on the second floor i think right at the time yeah think, but back then he wasn't yeah. 102 yet <laughs> yeah well he wasn't 102 but i'm just saying like how strong he is still. yeah he was younger but um so they, he like I don't know how he got her up to the stairs, yeah. and luckily a neighbor saw him like mm. ringing her, and, oh, and they're like, "You need to call nine one one." And he's like, "And she was she was still because she hated the ambulance, yeah, because she would always be yeah. in and out of the hospital." Oh, and so um, I, as soon as the lady said nine one, she's like not, like nodding her head. She couldn't even talk, but she said no. <laughs> and, then, and my grandpa was like, "We'll call her. We'll call them for you." So they ended up calling them, and that's how they took her. And the, and then the doctor was like, "It was a miracle that she didn't fall over." Wow. And so. Oh yeah. yeah that she didn't fall over and then she lasted like almost like um, a month and a half mm-hmm. maybe like two months almost. after this the, that's oh, it happened, happened. and she died october 7th that's why i go by seven octobers oh, yeah. Really? um no, so yeah she passed okay. away Sorry but yeah and it was like when that happened we got to like you said we got to spend the last couple moments with her because as nieta like i was like in my early 20s mm-hmm. and so i feel bad because i feel like i wasn't like a good nieta at the time because like you have your but different you're priorities yeah. Yeah. yeah and i know she would have she understood she was like you guys have your lives but i remember yeah. i'm like damn i should have like visited her more right or whatever we started looking back yeah and and i was like so 
kind of was a blessing to be able to spend the, the last like 45 whatever days yeah and then even being there like her last Seeing the like, transition moment. like you said of like from life to death it's something that like if you guys haven't experienced that it's it's something right like Especially. when you notice that like the like last, that last breath yes. too and i don't know like it made me i don't know and then to kind of like it to tie it in with your story though yeah. it's kind of like about the signs because literally that day también like um she was a huge like like she mentioned la virgen del carmen she loved that mm -hmm. saint mm -hmm. and uh if you google her mm -hmm. she's known for like being like the, something of like the rain and all this stuff right no, and so it rained yeah. that day too oh, are you serious? it rained yeah. that day and then the when we took her too, to mexico yeah and and then when we arrived in mexico when we took her finally her ashes like a couple months after like yeah. she also it rained when we arrived to yeah, town it's creepy oh um and then like that day that she passed away like uh my mom drove we drove to the funeral home where they had her cremated mm -hmm. and there was like this little abejita and she loved bees too right yeah. i think her, i don't why the bees was a symbol but like the bee was like on the windshield and it literally like and it was raining if, my mom had the windshield wipers and it stayed the whole time until we got to the funeral home oh my god yeah. so every no, time we were, i see a bee I, we're, we're, like we were driving too. to her house to get grandpa yeah. i think uh -huh. I think we were driving, and but yeah, it was just there. there. It was, and then it, it flew <laughs> off after. I we, don't know. Como I said, we don't know if it's if it was her, but I don't. know. I felt like a little we like sign. The, we like to think, yes. because it makes you. Yeah. You're, you're still connected it, to them, exactly. Right? Yeah, and yeah. also like my grandma, she said, because she she already kind of a good thing she had everything planned, like of how she, she had already her plot for like getting cremated, so she had all paid that off. Mm -hmm. And then she also told us like, yo, cuando me muera, like you want me to put me in the gown de la Virgen oh, del Carmen, like that was her wish, right? <laughs> And so my mom was like panicking. She's like, I can't find it, blah, blah. Okay. And so my twin sister didn't make it to see her pass away. Oh. So she arrived the next day and um, she was like, she was, we called her kind of like, not la favorita, but like, it's que they were both light skinned. Andale. And so my grandma was light skinned and she was, so they had that little connection, <laughs> right? And um, she was like, my mom was like, literally went through the whole closet, right? And then my sister's like, let, let me try and find it. And she was the one that found it. Oh. and luckily like she was able to like be cremated with it because that was her last wish mm -hmm. but i was like it was kind of just like, these little things yeah. and it who knows if it's her. true or not but i i believe in that stuff yeah I do and too. so it's it's kind of crazy that little tie-in i i was i was concerned with with that day because the the there what do you call it the hospice care would send nurses mm, around yeah. the clock and one nurse addressed that that worry that I had and because I was like oh my gosh what am I going to do when he pa when he passes mm -hmm. I don't want to give him too much morphine am I yeah. going to kill my dad you know yeah. I'm not a nurse yeah. <laughs> I mean I was still nursing my baby like this was a stressful yeah. thing yeah. and he's he painted the picture for me he said that's when I started realizing oh he said uh yeah the the miracle of life and death are very unique and yeah, they're beautiful and just keep is. your eyes open for the beauty of it and I, I was like yeah. man you could not have Mm -hmm. I wish I could be a movie producer or something or mm -hmm. illustrate that little moment mm -hmm. with my dad's passing. But yeah, I, basically he he was a, a catalyst to what was to come, mm -hmm. which was the art. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. yeah, so I was going to ask you that yes, too. Yes, because really? that's why we're talking about this whole thing because my dad, once he passed, mm -hmm. I went through this depression and i didn't know i was grieving because you know i was like he didn't raise me my dad wasn't yeah. there we did have closure though we had some nice conversations i did get to tell him yeah. we needed you dad where were you we needed you and i was, yeah. I, was I told my dad that uh -huh. and he's oh you know he said sorry mm -hmm. and the same deal with my mama she allowed me to yell at her and say why did you leave me i felt like yeah. we were a box of kittens mm -hmm. so yes thanks to therapy and and god and just the way that both of my parents, they both had such a big heart. 
They both, well, my mom's still living. Yeah. My mom has such a big heart. I think, like, we saw that special stuff in them. Yeah. So they could do no wrong in my eyes. Yeah. And that's good that you got that closure. Yes. And, like, I feel like it's, like, another thing of, like, when you're about to pass away, like, you get to get that closure at least. Because yes. my grandma did, too. Like, she apologized to my dad. She apologized to everybody, like, that she thought that she Aww. had offended or whatever. Oh and She's and it was creepy, passed. too, because I forgot to mention this part. Yeah. So my great-grandma had passed away how many years before? Like, maybe a couple more than a couple like five yeah, seven way more my uh so my grandma the, the one that we're closer that we're talking about rafaela she's my mom's mom okay but our great grandma was on the side of my dad and uh se llamaba oh my god I blinked maria name. maria <laughs> and she had passed away like a few years back but it was creepy because like literally like the day of right that she was uh, or the day before she was gonna pass away yeah um she said she she sees she was like oh sergio mira tu uh, or something like pretty much <laughs> that he she saw her yeah and it was creepy because i'm like i don't know if she was like waiting for her on the other side you know True. and yeah. then she just kept saying like about un arbol so for me that always stuck to me i'm like what like is it like the arbol? arbol they like from like the freaking bible or what is like what is it <laughs> but i know they were playing like some landscape stuff in the tv so i don't know maybe she was just out of it yeah. um, no man I, they they say in the they gave us a little book, right? Uh-huh. And it would say, like, the things that you're going to start to to notice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of them in the hospice book was, you're going to start uh, seeing loved ones that have passed. And my dad, he's so funny. Yeah. My dad had this sense of humor. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, via mi hermano. I said, oh, si, papi. He said, si. Dice, me estaba hablando. ¿Qué le dijo, pa? Dice, oh. ¿Y tú qué tienes? Alta presión. ¿Y tú? Pues yo la tengo baja. Era bien charrero, así decía yeah. mi papá. Este bien charrero. <laughs> he had his little sayings to like, he would tell my little boy, ese es mi campeón. He would tell him. Yeah. And yeah. how did art, so you, because uh, I was going to ask you about that, like, how, <laughs> yeah. how did art, when did it start, like, the, your art journey, like, did it, you, it was right after he passed away, yeah. or? Yeah, so that's what I was thinking, I'm like, why were we, how did this come about? Yeah, because my dad, um, when he passed, I was dealing with the grief, and I even was confused about that, I'm like, why am I grieving? When was this, too? Sorry. So this was 20, I believe, end of 2014. Oh, that was oh, my grandma. December. That was our grandma. Really? Year. Yeah, October 7, 2014. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So my my dad yeah. passed away a day after my son's birthday. Oh, wow. So my dad's from, my son is from uh, the 12th of December, mm-hmm. and my dad passed 13th. So mm-hmm. imagine we're down here with some little cupcakes. Happy birthday yeah. to my little boy. Oh. And my husband's like, sure, you don't want to have your dad be part of it. My dad was not mobile anymore. He was very, very frail. Mm-hmm couldn't get out of bed and stuff so anyway it, it was it was a very difficult time mm-hmm. and i went to this grieving grieving class that they offered through sharp you uh-huh. know because they they after hospice they were like well we also have some follow-up services i'm all right it's been six months but am i grieving what's wrong with me i'm so emotional yeah and um so sad and i went to this grieving class and i got to meet with a group of people and i was like but it's been six months and they were like some parents were there lost a child and they're like it's been 10 years they're like the grief process Mm -hmm. you know how they say the denial stage all the Mm -hmm. stages yeah Yeah. they're like they're not in order and they're not timed they're Mm -hmm. not timed Mm -hmm. so i was like oh okay (laughs) so i was able to and then so what um during that time i was also having to get a job living in san diego you can't just live off of one income usually so my husband and i were struggling and i was like well how am i gonna work i'm a hot mess like i this these emotions Mm -hmm. you know they pop off i can't function and 
some family members were like, well, instead of trying to go back to the workplace, including my husband, and we're like, why don't you apply for disability? People get disability for mental health. I was like, no way. All right. So I applied. Mm -hmm. I was denied. <laughs> and it's just a common thing. Everybody gets denied the first time, right? Mm -hmm. And with mental health, it's so hard because it's invisible yeah. illness, it invisible yeah. disease. Yeah. And so... um the uh, lawyers were like, well, why don't you, you know, we need, you need a paper trail. Are you in therapy? Are you on a medication? I'm, I've been in the past. I'm not now. They're like, well, you need to get on it. So I was like, fine, I'll go through the motions. So I did it to basically so I can qualify because yeah. I know I'm tore up, but now I have to prove to the state. Mm -hmm. So little did I know it was like a miracle. What do they call it? Miracle in disguise. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and so I enrolled in this. They call it outpatient extensive. I forget the name right now, mm -hmm. but it's oh, intensive outpatient therapy. Okay. Sounds intense. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. So that's the emotional gym part. Yeah. So I was signed up to go, I think it was three three days a week, four hours a day. So out of three you know, three days I was there and I would leave my my hubby with my kids. He had to take a leave because I would come home a really tore up. And uh, just like when you go to the gym, you work out, you come back super sore. Yeah. Well, that's what they were doing to me. They were getting into my mind, the history, how it all began. Why am I like this? Understanding, giving me the diagnosis and me coming to grips with I'm bipolar. Like I mentioned, I don't know why I had this really awful. Um, I looked down on on that. I was like, I'm just depressed. I'm not bipolar or something like that. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes, I am. It all it means is they they said I have bipolar tendencies, which basically for me it's um I do experience highs and lows where I'll I'll be very happy mm -hmm. and the next day I'll be so sad. Sometimes I would even be suicidal. Not anymore. Yeah, I have nothing to worry about there. But yeah. um, it was so so sad. I would fall into these really deep holes. Mm -hmm. And um, coming to grips with that was not easy. Did the whole treatment thing, sent me through a downward spiral to the point where I, I had a room of like 12 people, people with schizophrenia, bulimia, all kinds of mental illness. Mm -hmm. This room was full of people. Some of them hear voices and things. Not saying that mine is any better or less than theirs, mm -hmm. just... Yeah. I guess I thought I was better. <laughs> I'll just tell you guys, I thought I yeah. was fine, you know? And so I'm like, I don't hear symphonies like my homeboy over there. <laughs> and um, I don't talk to myself and stuff like that. So I'm good. Well, those individuals were all saying, you need help. Because I was. they saw that I was in possibly in jeopardy of hurting myself. Yeah. So... And one of my sessions after like five months of being in this program, yeah, they sent an ambulance to take me and I was hospitalized for three days. It's, mm -hmm. it is, it was voluntary. Oh, yeah. But, um, I didn't want to leave. I yeah. was like, I need to be here. I told my husband, I need to be here because I messed up. And I, what I thought was just grieving, it was still like, I kind of like what you guys were talking about, still kind of registering all that trauma and things yeah. like that mm -hmm. and coming to grips with it. And also understanding that I have two things going on. I've got this sensitive side that is who I am. <laughs> like we talked about, I yeah. am a Chiona. <laughs> and that's part of it. But then I also have the mental illness part, which is two different things. Mm -hmm. So I always thought, like, if I could just fix the mental health part, I wouldn't be such a crybaby. But it's not, <laughs> here it goes. 
This is how God made me. Yeah. And so when I was in, um, I've shared this story before on other podcasts. Mm -hmm. And basically, I'll be in the hallway during these breaks at the therapy mm -hmm. before I was hospitalized. And I would be drawing on my phone. So I had a little stylus pen. I'll be doodling on my phone in the hallway in between, you know, these little transitions from one group to another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my therapist saw me there and she's like, what you got there? And I showed her some artwork and she's like, whoa, can you print that? And that's when my first print was born. Aww, nice. <laughs> and I gladly share it. It's sitting in a sharp hospital. It's called that's Bipolar. So nice. Aww, that's so awesome. Yeah, thank you. And when I picked that sucker up, I was like, this thing is real. Like this is this is tangible and yeah. it's real, you know. And then family members would see and they would start asking, hey, can you print me this? Can you make me that? And it was just for fun. And then I had my husband encouraging me, you should sell your stuff. Really? Where do I begin? So I started kind of looking into that. Mm -hmm. And I was a stay-at-home mom, so this was like a hobby for me. Mm -hmm. And when I sold a print here, there, I'm like, oh, man, maybe this could help bring in some income while I'm waiting for this disability case. And it was bringing me joy. <laughs> And I didn't, I didn't have a network yet. I mm -hmm. just went to a farmer's market right here in the Ultra Ranch Mall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they didn't appreciate my work, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> at all. Um, I definitely had um, my, my setup was not what it was, what it is today. Yeah. Like I had borrowed a table from my mom. I had a Dollar Tree yarn that I hung up across <laughs> with some little ganchos, you know, laundry ganchos. Yeah. For my prints that I printed from home, by the way. And good luck. And the people were not interested. They weren't having it. He's like, I'm sorry. They did not appreciate my work. And I did get one commission out of that. And it paid for the booth. So yeah, I was like, it's technically I was successful. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, pay your yeah. money back. It was my debut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so um, my kids were super tiny. They got to be there. My husband, my mom was there some other family members, my sister and my niece, just people from the beginning have been so supportive of my yeah. work. And it's it just grew from there. Little by little, I would attend more events. I finally got into contact with certain people that were like, oh yeah, go here, call this person, email that person. And I started participating in events, galleries, and things like that, exhibitions. Yeah. And then when the time came for my hearing with the judge, because I, I got to the point in this process where I got to see a judge, for the the disability mm -hmm. everything was going night i was like a hot mess i'm like he's gonna see you know i am not able to keep a job mm -hmm. this is what happens to me when i have a job and i have any type of stress or whatever triggers i just can't work look at me i yeah. suck <laughs> so um the judge asked me one question. He's like, do you have any hobbies? And then I always like to say I lit up like a Christmas tree when I talked about art. Mm -hmm. I like art. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I composed myself magically. I was like, oh, you like art? What have you done? And I said, I shared. I said, oh, yeah, I sold a print or two. At the time, it was legit a print or two. Mm -hmm. Maybe some trades. Mm -hmm. You know, you give me that jewelry. I'll give you this print. You know, other makers yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And... um. I was denied. A follow-up letter said, you know, you could pursue art as a career because they'll give you like some... Uh, kind of like tips or stuff or how to... Yeah, like jobs that you can possibly yeah, yeah. You could work with kids. You could do that. I've already yeah. done that, done this. 
and they were like you could do art i was like my my whole goal for years was i'm gonna prove this fool wrong i cannot make it in the art world Baber. and i'm gonna come back and reapply and be like no i can't do it so here i am <laughs> i opened a business and started selling art yeah. um i haven't been profitable like i want to be like i want to sustain my family i want to help yeah. my husband out and um he's he's currently pending a disability case for help mental health that's a whole nother royal hopefully he gets it thank yeah. you in the <laughs> name of jesus i pray for that yeah but in the meantime i was like let me build up this business mm -hmm. so when our resources are exhausted um then i can take over where he was because he was the breadwinner of the family for years yeah. and just being able to be a homemaker was the best like i always had little side gigs like uber and stuff to help yeah. make ends meet mm -hmm. but the art thing became its own creature yeah like i don't sometimes i don't even do anything with it and it just the work is coming and i'm i'm like oh shoot i'm i'm sleeping and the work is coming and people know about Arte de Luz, and I'm yeah. like, how in the world? And it's, it's really inspiring, it though. Is. Like an yeah. inspiring story, like to mm -hmm. hear that. Because, like, the fact that I, I, we're talking about like your emotions and being like a chiona, <laughs> but I feel like that's what makes uh, art like yeah, uh, you're creative. Mm -hmm. And like the fact that like, it's you're putting your soul into mm -hmm. this piece. Because for me, I started, I barely started painting like a year ago now. Uh huh. And I, I used to doodle too, but I didn't really take it seriously. I was like, I don't know, Masaki. But then I was like, then I like, shout out to Blanca. Like, she was like the, where I f sold my first piece. Because, like, same thing. Like, I didn't oh. really believe. I was like, ah, who's going to want to buy my sh my shit, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's just cool. And it's, and I, I, it's helped me with my anxiety, like, focusing on just painting that little piece. And, like, it's giving me a peace of mind. And I think it's like another way to, like, also express my emotions. Because I, I do a little bit of everything. And, like, we're talking about, like, Melly does a little bit of everything too. Mm -hmm. And it's another way. I think it was like an escape too, and to express your emotions that maybe you couldn't have said in yeah. in verbal form, you know. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. It was it was yeah. a lot. I always say that some of my first art pieces were very ugly and scary because it was a reflection of what I was <laughs> dealing with. I can relate to <laughs> really? that. Yeah. If you go back to my writing page, it was dark, like really dark. <laughs> You're like, what the heck was? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, like one of our uh, the ones that used to uh, Eddie that sometimes would book uh, our seasons for Harper Truth. She, he would ask me. He's like, is Millie okay? I was like, I because yeah. it was just what I was I was putting in. Now I kind of turned it more into positive, like to help others. But before it was just everything i was feeling like i was like whoa it's scary whenever <laughs> it's good we go to back. get it out but yeah it is good it is you know there's um artists that i follow or at events where before COVID, there was so many more events right slowly everything's yeah. coming back to life mm -hmm. but um there was this artist that had his little portfolio and at these events and he would just sit in the corner quietly with his portfolio because mm -hmm. we were some vending and networking yeah and some of his art is so dark it has these very intricately drawn like demons and let me see i want to see what is in this young man's head yeah and i'm so glad he's getting it out of there mm -hmm. you know and and he's so talented too whereas other people might see it and be like Jesus, you know but i can appreciate it and yeah. um i have been criticized for being such an emotional artist and business owner like it's hard <laughs> to like separate sometimes yeah yeah, yeah. it's really tough and um, I actually had another podcast interview with a dear friend of mine and I said, can we redo it? <laughs> because I was just so not in a good place. Yeah. Like me being able to share with you guys, I feel like it's a safe place. Thank you. I, Thank I you. hope that whoever sees this, even if it's this one person gets something positive mm -hmm. out of it because 
you know, I have survived, you know, that suicide attempt to yeah. that's why I'm here. Like I was only 21. Like we're glad we're here. You're here yeah. today. <laughs> Thank you. And I gladly share my story. I had a chance to, to speak at a YMCA event for Why Strong Girls. It's a oh, club nice. for young ladies. That's and cool. they asked if I would, if I would go do that. My friend Maxine from Ryan Brothers, Woo-hoo, shout out to okay, Maxine yeah. in City Heights. Yeah. And she invited me to do that. I said, are you guys okay with me sharing that aspect of my life? the mental health stuff because it gets dark and yeah they said yes these are young ladies they are impressionable but can you end it on a high note let them know the positives i'm off for sure i'm still here yeah <laughs> yeah so i was able to do that yes i didn't do it so smooth like i wanted to i got emotional yeah and sometimes when i think i'm past something and i i talk about it i'm like ah maybe there's still a little bit of that left mm-hmm. but it maybe it's every time i talk about it i leave it somewhere like yes. it's not yeah. in me anymore right yeah and i feel like at least one young lady was impacted by that because at the end of this talk because uh, i also had a chance to conduct a workshop so that was oh, fun cool. oh nice mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they did uh they heard my whole story i did a slideshow and everything and then afterwards we conducted a little workshop where they got to paint with me and then one of the young ladies, she looked pretty hard. Like, she looked like a little homegirl. <laughs> and she's like, when they said the Q&A section, she, nipio, she was, I was like, no, these girls don't care what I have to say. Yeah. Well, she pulled me aside during the painting session and mm-hmm. she said, hey, can I ask you a question? I was like, sure. Uh, she said, how, how did you handle your symptoms when you were growing up? Who did you talk to? and i was like oh that's a deep yeah, question for a little that was one of our questions yeah. i think somewhere here asking. No, write it down write it down <laughs> it was so deep because i never thought about that and you know what like i said i'm one yeah. of seven mm-hmm. close to my mom like i could tell my mom mom i ditched school when i was in middle school and she'd be like i mija <laughs> and that we were tight yeah but yet nobody knew that every day when i was an adolescent i would walk to this bridge i was we were living in north park and i would walk to this bridge that overlooks the freeway mm-hmm. and i would contemplate what if i yeah you know what if i yeah. wasn't here anymore what if i jumped across yeah. there was a fence i was like it's gonna be work <laughs> yeah but that that's what i was dealing with as a young girl like just for no reason like my life was fine mm-hmm. i so i thought i mean i guess it was yeah. the whole childhood stuff yeah but it was hidden in there i just felt compelled to like I just had these suicidal ideations and I, mm-hmm. I thought it was normal for years until a therapist said, uh, no, <laughs> I'm all, that's not everybody thinks like that. Not everybody wants to jump off a bridge when they're 12. No, no, they don't. Yeah. I was like, oh, my bad. So I've learned so much along the way, just opening up. Yeah. And yeah, I've had business coaches suggest, hey, you're a little too, too open. Maybe you're scaring off the clientele. And I'm like, well, maybe that's not the clientele for me. Yeah. So it's hard trying to balance. Yeah. That's why I'm back in school because I, I thought, okay, so some people mentioned you might not be tr- treated like a business. You're not being treated like a business owner with some of the things that have happened along the way. And I had a, I always like to reflect on myself. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, well, why is that? yeah instead of blaming the others you know mm-hmm. why am i not being treated like a business owner yeah i go maybe because i don't carry myself like one mm-hmm. and i think it's just from lack of confidence yeah. yeah i go everything i've done is it's been kind of like slowly growing nobody taught me anything i had to seek it out 
and it's not like oh poor me it's more like it's been a challenge you know yeah and i have had a lot of support along the way and a lot of opportunities because of the hard work so you mm -hmm. still got to put in work yeah. you know you got to put yourself out there and everything and deal with the highs and lows and the criticism and when you are somebody like me with with those two things the yeah. mental health and the chiona part yeah. it's like oh man hold on <laughs> i promise you i'm strong i just well, cry like a the little. Quote, i just saw literally coming here talking about science i saw yeah. one that said chiona pero chingona right so amen yeah. <laughs> should be the episode yeah. name <laughs> and i hate this because i mean it's so sad like people were gonna see this hey this girl no on the chiando the whole time but no but it's motivation honestly like if i saw this episode you learned so much you yeah. learned so much from it because i think you're in touch with your emotions and i was gonna say i wish i was important. more because I feel like I haven't cried in a long time, but it's because, and it, it's probably me holding it. You want some? Here. Yeah, that's, I know, right? <laughs> take it, like, take it. I know. I'll trade you. Like, and I know they say it's good for your the heart too, like yeah. to cry and stuff like that. Okay, like holding it is bad for you. Um, and I used to be like, like yeah. exactly like that, like cry a lot. But then <laughs> yeah. I, for me, I went through grief and I shut down my emotions. So I'm trying to get back there, like, because I think it's a good thing to let out your emotions and not be afraid. For me, it's like I rather cry alone, and that's not a good thing. I think it's good to. To let those emotions out and yeah. feel them because if you keep them in it's not good either that's yeah. true you're right mm -hmm. you're right there's times when i try to be all tough and everything mm -hmm. and it's it's not my yeah. cup of tea like it doesn't work out yeah. for me yeah. yeah i mean i i will i will learn to to accept my therapist told me because i said why do friends come and go in and out of my life i said um she's all why do you always blame yourself she's like, i've noticed you always think mm -hmm. it's something wrong with you and i go mm -hmm. yeah because i think maybe it's that sensitive side of me, that emotional side, uh, kind of pushes people away because they don't know what to do with me. Mm. They're like, they're there, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, if I see somebody cry, you know, I'll, I'll ask them, "Do you want a hug? Or what yeah. can I do for you?" And I think sometimes people they just don't know what to do with mm -hmm. some so many emotions. Mm -hmm. So I have, yeah, I've lost some a lot of friends. And what she said was, um, "Have you considered that maybe?" it's not something what's wrong with, with you, you. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. that something's wrong with them that they cannot handle you yeah so it's and it's so, also i feel like a part of life too okay like <laughs> we've gone through a lot of people too that we don't even talk to you keep yeah. elevating and some yeah because everybody right. goes their own ways yeah, like everybody grows differently too because i mean like the people that i used to hang out when i was young i don't i don't even talk to i don't really talk to a lot of people from my past <laughs> but it's you like i think the real ones are yeah it's like they put it's like you put people in your path for a reason i think like yeah. to teach you a lesson or to like if they're still with you then obviously uh, obviously that's a good thing but mm -hmm. um yeah i think it's like learning not to like take it personal yeah because sometimes it's, it's like hard. you said it's not it's not you it might be that person that's yeah, like that's true. going well, to their own demons girl, yeah <laughs> <laughs> now it, it's hard because i do get attached and connected and yeah. then I recognize that I have those issues of I'm not good enough, you know. Yeah. So now, so yeah, you know, it's it's been a really cool journey to to start seeing myself as, okay, well, <laughs> kind of like no soy moneta de oro, okay, le viene a todos si no me quieres ni modo. So that's how, yeah, I gotta learn to accept that. Yeah, and I was gonna ask you too. That kind of leads to my next one, like of like since you're like emotionally like in tune with yourself right like can yeah. you do you think you feel like you can read other like people's emotions or can you easily tell like how people are, are feeling or why and why not and do you think it's like a useful ability i love that question because yeah yes i have come to to understand that that is i'm 
really insightful when it comes to that. I have a dear friend since we known each other since high school. Mm-hmm. And she was posting a lot of pictures of her traveling and doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, there was some clues. Her husband wasn't in the pictures a lot. Mm-hmm. So I started wondering, like, oh, I wonder what's what's up with them, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, in one picture, she was having, like, a girl's trip. And I was I saw her eyes. She was smiling. But even in the picture, I could tell Ma, something's up with her. She's not happy. Mm-hmm. And so I called her to say hi. We, we touched base every, gosh, months apart. We always yeah. touch base. You know, life happens. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on, girl? <laughs> I saw your your post. You got something going on you, you want to talk about? And she's like, how do you know, Ma? You just look so sad. You look beautiful. She's taking care of herself. She's in great shape. She's We're the same age, and she looks so amazing i'm like dude i want to lose weight girl tell me your secrets (laughs) but she looks really good but i saw it in her eyes Mm -hmm. and and um we got to talk about it and yeah so there was a divorce and everything you know so sad you have a family but yeah i could totally catch it and then there was another woman who used to come to the shop regularly she would sell those uh what is it the weight loss products like the schools like herbal life and the so she would come in (laughs) Uh, but she would also shop and stuff. And um, one time she just came in and I, and I said, oh, hola, como estas? And then she, she, she just said one sigh, like, and I go, ¿Qué tienes? ¿Qué pasó? And she was like, ¿Por qué? Because she came in trying to be a hola, you know, like yeah. this very, uh, how do you say, high-spirited kind of personality, yeah. loud kind of. Uh-huh. And then some about her just said, ¿Qué, ¿Qué te pasó? And she shared that her... Um, her partner from that time, her boyfriend, passed away from COVID. Oh, and all uh, we just embraced. And we were still getting to know each other. We weren't, like, homies or anything. Like, we're just, mm-hmm. you know, acquaintances. And, yeah, she told me that that, that had occurred. And I was like, ¿Cómo sabías? I'm like, I don't know, girl. <laughs> I don't know. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, what would you say are some misconceptions you think there are for people who might be seen as emotional that you – you can say <laughs> oh man that we're weak that's, yeah, that's one of the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> big ones yeah. um i tell my daughter all the time because she has a little bit of me in her and then she's only nine in it and she's like i can't talk i don't want to talk about it because i'm gonna cry and i'll tell her it's okay to cry mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you're weak so repeat yeah. after me <laughs> i'm not weak if i cry exactly miha just mm-hmm. say what's on your mind even if <laughs> i mean as you guys i've come a long way where i could push through and just keep talking yeah before I might shut down and say, cut. Yeah. <laughs> I, this is embarrassing, but I've passed the point of being embarrassed. I've gotten older. So, yeah, that's one misconception is that we're weak, incompetent, not professional. I mean, yeah, it's not professional to cry as a business owner, but that's not all I am, you know? Mm-hmm. And I found that in the art world, I could be myself more mm-hmm. than in an office yes. yeah. or at a school or That's other so jobs true. I've had. Because, you know, I don't want to freak the kids out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a principal tell me, you know, you're going to freak out our kids. You should take a leave of absence. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, there I don't have to have as much of a filter. Yeah. And it doesn't take so much energy out of me because when I would go to a job, a nine to five, and, and you know you dress the part and everything and mm-hmm. 
I've always liked the public so I could talk to people, yeah. but I also deal with some social anxiety stuff mm -hmm. and it's energy. It, it drains is. you, right? I totally agree with that. <laughs> it's yeah. hard. It's tough. And I was going to say right now, I just had a realization when you talked about like how it's not like in a corporate setting or whatever, where it's not good to like cry or whatever, because it's not professional. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, that's kind of like a society thing too, that uh, like a, mm -hmm. a societal co uh, construct, right? Because mm -hmm. Like, why can't you? Like, I mean, not saying that you have to cry every time, but I'm just saying, <laughs> like, but, uh, yeah, right? But I was like, damn, like, it's like, it's yeah. so seen as like a negative thing and it's, it's crazy. It is. And I'm not like this all the time. Like, you know, I'll go days yeah. without crying. Yeah. It's like, I cry nice. when I'm happy, when I'm sad. Yeah, I cry for everything. Yeah. So. No, Did you want to ask, like, the empath one? Because it kind of goes yes. through a little bit. Let me get back to that one. Do you think that being in tune with your emotions and being an empath go hand in hand? Why or why not? Mm, let me think about that. So, so empath is when we can empathize with people, mm -hmm. right? And like and feel like their feel energy. Their, uh -huh, mm -hmm. right. And then the other question was um, emotions, like so feeling, emotions. Uh, being in tune with your emotions. I, to me, it goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. I think often. Because I, yeah, people, this shop was a, such a magical place, mm -hmm. spiritual place. People would come in and they would spend half an hour, like they would come in just to browse, okay. but they would come in and then they would vomit. Mm -hmm. I mean, for lack of another term, like they would expel all their, their life yeah. in just that moment that they, oh, waiting for the bus or whatever. Mm -hmm. And these were people from all walks of life. And I think wow. they saw something in me and my mom. My mom's a lot like that. Mm -hmm. she, she would call me say, the days that I wasn't there. Oh, I don't throw una señora. This and that transpired. I'm like, it's the Lord. And then I would call her mom. Guess what? And people would walk out of there like, oh, I'm so glad I came in here. It had nothing to do with the business, by the way. <laughs> they did appreciate the art sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> some you know those individuals yeah. they i felt like i was a therapist sometimes mm -hmm. and yeah i would cry i would cry with them uh we would pray with them we would ask people can i pray with you i'm not this prayer warrior i'm not i'm still walking in my journey as a christian i'm like crawling mm -hmm. <laughs> but i'd say is it okay if we say a prayer mm -hmm. and um yeah and it is emotional i would cry and i have seen grown men cry in that shop that were like I don't cry. I just don't cry. And this tall gentleman who came in there toward the end when we were, um, we shared with him that we were closing because he was like, well, this is a cool place. And he was so like interested in what we were up to. And then we said, well, you know, thanks for coming in. But you know what? We are on our last leg. And he had tears in his eyes and opened up about his life and stuff. Mm -hmm. This grown man we never met. That's crazy. You should do like art therapy. That should be yeah. that should be your job instead. Because <laughs> it's like I feel like it's like if you're an empath, like you tend to people tend to gravitate towards yeah. you. I think because uh, Melly, I feel like she's an empath, and then I have a coworker that's like he loves going to the casino, and he's like sometimes it's like hard for me walking by because I could feel like people like if they're yeah. sad or they're happy. It's a lot. It's sometimes. like a, and it drains you. Yeah, right? and you have to leave it. Find yes. out where when, you can. When leave we it. go to events too, like sometimes that's I need like a whole day after to kind of just be away from people it's too much and i think as i got an older it's gotten stronger yeah i don't know it you're more in too tune much. probably yeah. yeah you guys look young though huh i'm yeah, 28 you. <laughs> you guys are so young i'm 34 <laughs> but it's so amazing yeah. that you guys are able to do this and and bring these type of talks out because yeah. um it does make you feel you guys are creating a safe place thank, thank you. you yeah that's what we wanted to kind yeah. of like do because like, like we said before we started the, sh the show like off offline like um we thought that a lot of artists like 
we talk about our art and all that stuff and it's fun and i obviously like we love sharing about yeah. that but we never get to like know you like as a and a deeper like as a human being mm -hmm. so we wanted to do like that like get to know and like said so like little mini therapy sessions for everybody yeah. too yeah after this i'm i'm cleansed i'll be like oh yeah. i feel lighter all right <laughs> i hope you guys too no, yeah yeah um and then what's one thing because obviously we talked about mental health which is an, an important component to of this podcast mm -hmm. like what's one thing that you do for your mental health besides your art like is there anything else like walks or other hobbies man that's a good question my therapist asks me frequently because she'll be like what do you what do you do for yourself and um i don't know even art has taken a back seat it's so tough right now I'm burning yeah. the candle at both ends yeah so i need to take a breather somewhere yeah. somewhere yeah but that's a great question i still don't know like well mm -hmm. i am starting to walk so my little girl uh she had major growing pains and her school is legit like walking distance nice. so we would drive her uh -huh. but this year she's she's looking better she's feeling better she's like mom how come you know we don't just walk i'm like yeah mija i need to walk <laughs> so we literally this week started walking oh, that's so good. that's I always the start yeah I, I take walks and it helps me yeah. for sure being around nature just like breathing yeah. fresh air yeah <laughs> yes and um oh we even though through this episode you showed a lot of your emotion but we'll we'll say a specific moment when was the last time you cried besides here today <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> um let me think oh yeah i like us well we have bible study every tuesday uh -huh. so tuesday <laughs> tuesday i was able to cry it is more like the spiritual stuff and we're able to pray about specific things and I'm I'm excited to see what God's gonna do for me. So it was a good cry and I do feel lighter. That's good. That's what the, the pastor said. She said it's okay to cry mm -hmm. because you know I'm always like oh, so self conscious. Like I'm sorry. People are like, Stop saying yeah. sorry. It's yeah. okay, be yourself. I'm like, but myself is so Torah. Yeah, honestly, like you make me want to want to cry because yeah, I want to, no, but like cry yeah. like in a good cry. Yeah, like because I'm like it's good, like you said. I feel like I have a lot of tension, so I'm like I feel like I need to cry. Yeah, I haven't had one, so I need to. Just let it it's out. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, what yeah. is it? Just the water, salty water coming right? out of your yeah. face. Yeah, I, think I for try me, to get her. I tell her even if it's just like listen to sad music, I don't make it watch try to come to you. Yeah. Watch <laughs> that something that's gonna because she's always been more um because i was like the well me and my twin sister lot, were like huh? the oldest one so like in, in, in latino culture like always the oldest like you tend to be kind of like the parent or like have the world on your shoulders yep. so that's like I, how i i was like all my emotion and, and i was like the like my sister my twin sister was like the more extroverted i was the introverted uh -huh. and so i felt like i would always just bottle up my like hold on to them and just thinking like it was a, a sign of weakness is what i saw mm -hmm. it yeah. as and so like and then my mom was also kind of the same way like now she's becoming more like emotional now yeah, she's gotten older uh -huh. but i think i got that from her where like i held i held it and i saw it as people see me crying it's like a weakness so it was kind of like a a protection to protect myself i so, totally see that and so I, I probably have to go to therapy maybe that'll make me cry but you should. You know. <laughs> just just let it out you know um even church too because when you when you're when you're in prayer every week i'm like i'm not gonna cry this time so i'll like throw on some eyeliner i'm like i'm not yeah. gonna cry <laughs> and without a doubt like when you just close your eyes and you get into the zone and then spiritually it's the most beautiful thing because you can ask God to help you. Just ask him, help me let it out, Lord. Just, just let it out because you're holding it all in. And that's not going to do you any good. It's just yeah. stuffing it down. Um, I have a great example. My, my oldest sister, she's a lot like you because yeah. she was like the little mom. 
yeah. yeah she was so tough and she's still so tough and she was the yeah. home girl like if somebody nobody would mess with me if they knew that i was stormy's sister oh they would walk away they wouldn't mess with me <laughs> but um she i always saw her as this pillar like really tough and mm-hmm. for her to cry it it takes a lot yeah. and i think we got happy tears out of her birthday this year we had nice. a little celebration oh. for her <laughs> And she, I saw some water coming Aww. out of those eyes. And then my mom was like, stop. And my sister was like, why? And I think because my mom was like, you don't cry. Like, what are you Shocked, doing? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Or like you, when you say we, when uh, when she or my mom see me cry, they, they want to cry because it's like it takes a lot for me to cry. Yeah, <laughs> just like if it like hurts cry, me to cry. see her. And what has been like uh, one of your like greatest accomplishments so far, like personally or creatively? <laughs> Definitely having my kids. Having my kids is not easy. <laughs> like you yeah. were saying, the manual. There's so many manuals out there, but there's not a manual for specifically my little boy and my little girl. Yeah. You have to navigate each one. So at the end of the day, when everything's said and done, everything that I do is focused on how is it going to come back to benefit my family? Mm-hmm. And I think for a moment, I forgot about that. I was so caught up with uh, trying to run the business, being in the shop, the social media, all that. Mm-hmm. I think god has a way of like putting a halt yeah on your life and so yeah i would definitely say my my family that i have my husband and my kids awesome. <laughs> yeah and then uh what words of encouragement or positive message would you want to give people um who are emotionally who are emotionally tuned hmm. i would say um be yourself don't we're our worst critics mm-hmm. what we might think is uh something awful or the way we might think people perceive us is probably not so and then if it is so they got problems (laughs) you know um so just be yourself be free find something that makes you happy brings you joy like a hobby like art or something else music whatever it may be because i think art did help heal me Mm -hmm. and the way that it was an outlet let me express myself and it allowed me to connect with other people mm-hmm. who might have otherwise not discovered that they might have some mental health issues too yeah. so yeah be yourself that's good um and then usually we ask this uh for every guest um so our show is called the heartful truth and we kind of want to always wanted to get like to see what everybody thinks of the name and like what they what it means to you so when you hear that phrase like what do you think of of the heartful mm-hmm. truth i think this this interview feels like the heartful truth because it's everything that comes from the heart. Like we're talking yeah. about uh, loved ones that have passed mm-hmm. yeah. and what more, there's nothing greater than our loved ones. Yes. Losing them and having them in our lives and also just sharing past experiences and being able to open up. You're coming from your heart. And I just learned in a Bible study <laughs> that the heart is mentioned so many times in the Bible, but it refers to our mind because our mind is where, you know, everything happens, but we feel it here. That's why yeah. we say, oh, my yeah. heart is broken, but it's all in our mind. Yeah. So it, it's like the mindful truth too, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's why we have the little logo, right? Like yeah, the brain and the brain heart. Because oh, I feel like it's connected. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it, it feels like it's good that you brought that. Yeah, because uh, you're the first one I think maybe to say yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah, because that's what another thing is like. I feel like yeah, your emotions come from uh, your brain and your heart. It's a little bit logical too. Because uh-huh. if you lit too much with the emotion, then it just a balance, I guess, a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And you want to ask and then the, last the last one that we just started doing this season is um, what is a heartful truth about yourself? Maybe like something that you know, but that maybe sometimes it's hard for you to hear. Hmm. Something that I know that's yeah. about yourself. Like you're self aware. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's hard for me to hear. Oh, <laughs> that it's okay to be who I am. Yeah. It's really hard because of the friends that I have lost that I thought we would be old and gray together yeah and relationships and also the opportunities yeah in business too like i think maybe i've lost some opportunities and in and jobs i mean i lost so many jobs i've had <laughs> gosh job after job and it's hard for me to hear that i'm good at something because how can you be good if you always have <laughs> sorry no you're okay. fine and i feel like yeah like you've accomplished a lot honestly yeah. like and everything that you like your whole like your journey that you shared with us like it's really inspiring like say that you're you're still here mm -hmm. um that you're you're still like yeah, that. you were a business yeah. owner that's a big and then you're going thing. back to school too yeah. like that's a all big that, step like trying to go stuff. back to school to try to do uh like become like the businesswoman that you probably want to mm -hmm. see yourself as right yes and so that you're going to get those skills that knowledge like i think it's inspiration and i whoever's listening i'm pretty sure they'll they'll get something from yeah. from uh, the, a little bit of the things that you sprinkled through the episode thank you <laughs> yeah and it, yeah and thank you so much yeah. and then is there is there anything that you want this is going to drop probably what like in um, october probably sometime in october yeah. october or anything but is there anything you wanted to like shout out or uh plug in or anything yeah yeah so even though i'm a full-time student now i'm actually going to school by the way for graphic design nice because <laughs> everything i've learned on my own is on youtube yeah so i need to tweak those skills and then a certificate in small business entrepreneurship which i need a lot so i can <laughs> act like a business owner <laughs> but um i got sidetracked again what was the major question <laughs> Um, oh, anything that you yeah. wanted to shout yeah. out? Shout out. shout out. Okay, so I blinked out too. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Sometimes I'll like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like that cat meme. The cat meme <laughs> that's that? like the one that's like zoning out. I don't know if you've seen that. That's me. <laughs> that's me too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Well, the reason I brought the the education up is because yeah, although that's gonna be taking the the driver's seat right yeah. now, um, I still have are in the back. So I do have an event. I'm gonna be participating. It's once a year at Valhalla Nursery I can send you the date okay yeah, yeah. Definitely. and we'll so I'll be it. vending there and then um any other events I'm kind of slowing down on that I am it's instruct I'm an instructor at Oasis Learning Center That's it's for cool. people 50 and up it's oh, nice. open to the public they just register where's that at it's in uh Grossmont oh nice Grossmont. I should tell my mom to I go, know, yeah. <laughs> to go. We need more people, and um, oh. I'm only doing that twice a month mm -hmm. on a Monday. Okay. And so the next class I'm teaching is oh Monday. Nice. <laughs> so I'll be teaching that, and um, it's beginner acrylic, which as you guys, if you follow me, I'm a digital artist. So I'm teaching the that's beginner cool. stuff because that's what I know. Nice. <laughs> so that's what I'm up to in the art scene, and. It's on the download, I'll do some commission work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then shout out to you because you're helping me with my October event too. Oh, to the 21st to do the uh, spooky photo op. So that's, that's exciting. Thanks. And yeah, yeah, we'll try to get my mom to go or something because yeah. <laughs> keep her busy. She, she can. Learn. She. I mean, she was a good drawer. Yeah. She, she did so a lot I mean, of our she, projects when we were younger. So she'll <laughs> really? probably enjoy that. Yeah. What's uh, her name? 
Rosa. I'll look out for Rosa. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any like Rosa in there, so it'd be nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, and she loves to talk, so yeah. Right in there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, thank you so much for like you know opening up and being vulnerable yeah. and sharing like your story. Um, it's really like I said inspirational, and mm-hmm. I hope the best of luck with everything with school and like I'm hoping like I say you can open your another shop. You know, that would be really cool. But uh, yeah, anything else before we get out of here? Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you for being on here today. Thank you. Can you guys edit all the? It's like, and then we cut the whole. <laughs> the whole video. Like, It'll just be like, hi, Luz. It's like Bye, 16 Luz. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I appreciate you guys, and I just want to say that um, you guys are an inspiration to me as you. young thank entrepreneurs you. as you guys are, <laughs> and I can't wait to see where this podcast goes down the line, and maybe the next time we meet, I will be like you said in another shop, yeah, doing big things and. Uh, supporting our family That's yeah a businesswoman like the i don't know if you've seen romeo and michelle's uh high school oh, reunion where they're like we're businesswomen <laughs> the post-its yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah thank you so much everybody for tuning in um we have here her instagram out of the loose go follow her follow us at the heartful truth we'll put some um uh pretty much links in the description for her instagram and all that and thank you guys for tuning in for another episode we appreciate you guys thank you peace, peace out peace